Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Well, good morning. It is so good to see you. I want you to open your Bibles back up to the book of John. The book of John, where we'll uh, dive into chapter 5 here in just a few moments. John chapter 5. I'm going to jump on here. I'm not playing on my phone. I'm trying to get to the live stream here. I like to, as I've said on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, I like to still see who's with us. So if you're online with us on our Facebook feed this morning or or BoxCast or, or YouTube or however you may be here as well as those that are you, of you that are with us in the auditorium, thank you so much for making this a priority in your week. I know that there's a lot of things you could be doing. There's a lot of things that you might want to be doing. But I hope and truly, truly pray that there's nothing that you would rather be doing than being here worshiping with your brothers and sisters this morning. Let's go to God in prayer as we get into our lesson. God, we thank you for the opportunity just to be in your presence today, to be um, surrounded by your spirit, uh, to just know that the songs that we sing today have been lifted into your throne room, and we pray that those songs uh, have been pleasing to you. We thank you for the chance to gather around the table and to remember your son's sacrifice. We thank you for his sacrifice, God, and we pray that uh, there is not a day goes by that we don't live our life thinking of that sacrifice and allowing it to motivate us to grow in your in, in your word and your spirit. God, we just thank you for that. We pray now, God, that as we get into our time of study, that we'll open our hearts, we'll open our minds, that we'll uh, be willing to be convicted this morning. And I just thank you for this passage, God, a challenging scripture in some ways, uh, but with a, a great truth that we can take from it and carry with us. We just pray that you be with us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So today I want us to talk about finding my spiritual breakthrough. Finding my spiritual breakthrough. Uh, and the reason that we're going to talk about this today is because earlier in the week, I had to record a lesson for um, the Midway Church of Christ down in Jasper for their summer series. And the, the text that I was given for that was kind of the latter part of, of chapter 5. And so you start in verse 16. You've heard what has happened the first few kind of um, the first few kind of uh, parts of this story. And he picks up in verse 16 and he says, So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, talking about the healing in particular, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this day, and I too am working. And that was my text for this summer series was the I am of I am working. And so I've spent a couple of weeks in John chapter 5 now, and the more I've spent, spent in it, this idea of, of I am working has really challenged me. It's really challenged me because the reason it's challenged me is because right now where we are in, in our current situation as a country, our current situation with the virus and different things, it's a it's an it's a new kind of frontier for us, right? It's a new kind of frontier, and everywhere you go, you're reminded that things are different. I was watching uh, some baseball yesterday, and uh, I was watching the Mets Yankees game, and behind home plate, you know, usually 
when they show that shot from the outfield over the pitcher's shoulder and, you know, you kind of get that home plate view, behind home plate is usually a lot of what? People. Well, at the Yankees game, it was a bunch of fatheads. And that's, for those of you that know what fatheads are, that's not derogatory. It's it's a uh, it's like a big picture cut out of your face, okay? And they had them plastered on all the seats so that when they had that shot, it would look like people's faces sitting back there. But of course, as they zoomed out, what did you see? You saw an empty stadium, an empty stadium. And, and that's going to be the normal for all of our sports right now. It's an empty stadium. You, you uh, just over the last few days, the new normal for us for at least the next couple of weeks is every time you're in public, you got to wear a... Got to wear a mask. And, you know, you heard me. I mean, hey, let's, you know, have fun with it. Get you some fun mask. I was reading on a, um, a Facebook post uh, from a few years ago that Blair had posted about me. And she said in that post, she said, if you see my husband out and about in a Ninja Turtle, Ghostbuster, or some other cartoon T-shirt, just realize he got out of the house before I could tell him what to wear. And I've gotten some better, but my new mask are Ghostbuster masks, so... Some better, but not much has changed, right? But it's different. And you know, it's easy when times are challenging, it's easy to retreat back to the most comfortable place. It's easy to retreat back to a place and try to, to, try to get into a place where things make sense and, and try to hold on to things that you can control. And it's easy to do that spiritually as well. It's easy to do that as a church as well. It's easy for us to just be comfortable with right now being a Sunday morning only church. But there is, there is, there is danger in being comfortable when it comes to your Christian life. There's danger in being comfortable when it comes to your Christian life. When you are comfortable and, and you're shying away from the challenges of God, you open yourself up to an opportunity for Satan to come in and to win. And so this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to think about what is it going to take for me to not be comfortable anymore? What does God say about that? During this very challenging time, can I still have a spiritual breakthrough and do great and amazing things in the kingdom of God, both as an individual, and if enough individuals do it, then it becomes a church thing. And that's what I want us to think about and talk about this morning. So let's go back, and we're just going to kind of work through this text together and look at some things. He says, <coughs> sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, uh, and which is surrounded by five colored co covered colonnades. Here a great number, number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Let's stop right there for a second because I think it would be interesting, or it's an interesting thought and idea that um, what if when we walked in this room, what if we were defined by our problems? What if we were defined by our sins? Because that's what, that's what happens in this particular passage. He walks into this room and into, into this area, and John, as he's writing to give us an idea of what's going on, he says, hey, there's a bunch of disabled people here, and that's just a real general term. But then he gets real specific, and he says, there's, there's blind people here and lame people and paralyzed people here. And I want you to know this morning that I understand that some of you come into this room this morning, some of you come to worship this morning, carrying some baggage. I'm not saying that in a bad way or in an ugly way. I'm saying that's just life. 
Some of us walk into worship every week carrying something that, man, we really need to let go of, that we really need to just turn over to God, but we've gotten comfortable living that way. These individuals had gotten comfortable living this particular lifestyle. They, they, they all congregated together in one place. Yeah, but some of them wanted to be healed, okay? Some of them wanted to be healed. They were trying to get into this pool, which they thought that if I get down in this pool, then there's a chance of me to be spiritually or miraculously healed. But you've got all of these people who are carrying some type of physical burden, some type of physical disability, And they're all just there together. And see, when they're all there together, they're just normal, right? When they're all there together, there's nothing really different about them from the next person. They've all got problems. And you know, I just want us to be real. And I want us to understand that some of us carry problems. Matter of fact, let's just let's erase some of us. And let's say all of us carry baggage, don't we? All of us struggle with things. All of us have issues. None of us are perfect. I, I don't want anybody to think, well, just because you're carrying some baggage this morning doesn't mean that the person next to you is perfect. But we can't be comfortable in our struggles. We can't be comfortable with our baggage. And what scares me is I, I believe that, I don't know what I did, I believe that there are times where there are some people who show up with no intention to change. Have you ever thought about that? There are some people that have baggage. There are some people that are struggling. There are some people that you saw that list of sins. There are some people who are just walking in this morning, and man, the, the sin has got control of you this morning, and that's what you're dealing with and struggling with. It may be a, a list of other different things, but there are some of you that may have walked in this room this morning, and you showed up with no intention to change in your life whatsoever. You say, Matthew, that's not true. Why else would you come? And worship God. Well, let's, let's keep looking in our story a little bit here because he said, okay, here's a great number of disabled people. Okay, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Verse 5, one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. For 38 years. So, so you've got this one guy, you don't have his name. All you know is that he had been an invalid for how many years? 38 years. 38 years. He had been showing up maybe at this place. And and what had changed in his life? What had changed in his life in 38 years? Nothing had changed in his life. And he shows up to this pool day after day after day. He may not have even left. I don't know. But he shows up and, and, and he says, oh, I want to change. But what does his actions say? His actions say, I, I, I don't want to change. I don't want to change. And the reason I think people show up into life and into worship and they don't want to change is because change and comfort can exist in the same place. You believe that? Change and comfort can't exist in the same places. Our ball coaches, raise, raise your hand this morning, our ball coaches. You believe this statement? Change and comfort, they don't exist in the same place, do they, Dylan? If your team wants to get better, they want to change, can they do the same thing they've always done? No, they have to work harder. They have to be, you know, they have to become stronger. To become stronger, you know, you have to do one thing. It's one word. It's work. 
How many of you enjoy work? How many of you just really just enjoy work? I'm not going to. So there's like five of you. Six, seven, eight. Okay, we're going to start a support group for you guys. Listen. God, God wants great things from us. Okay? God wants powerful things to happen through us because of Him. Not because of anything we do, but through us because of Him. And He says, I want you to get out of your comfort zone and I want you to get in the work zone so that you can crawl, cause great change in the world around you. Do you want me to tell you why most churches don't grow? Uh, I mean, churches... Churches can, can look around and, and, and they can think about a lot of things and there's a lot of books that talk about church growth. But in my time, what I have decided, okay, now you can take this or leave this, feel differently about it. This is just, you know, Matthew's thought here. The reason that most churches don't grow is because they're comfortable. They're comfortable. So a few weeks ago, what are we now into this? Are we, what, six, seven weeks into being back together now? How many of you felt uncomfortable sitting in a new seat on Sunday morning a few weeks ago? How, how many of you, you sat down and you just go, something about this just doesn't feel right? It felt different, didn't it? It felt different. Now, what's happened is over the last few weeks, you've all kind of at least ended back up in your same section, you know, in the general area that you, that you normally sit in. But even in our time of worship, where you sit becomes a comfort factor. You get comfortable in that seat. Um, the, uh, the, um, the third or fourth Sunday that we did the online stuff, I kind of got tickled. Brother Gary came and did communion for us that Sunday. And he walks in this room. He'd been gone from this room for three or four weeks. And he sits down in his seat right there. And he goes, now this just feels right. He was sitting in his seat getting ready for worship. Okay? Now, Expand that out a little bit. You know, a lot of people want growth. A lot of people want the church to grow. But if the church is going to grow, that means people are going to do what? They're going to come and join us. They're going to be a new part of this family. And when new people show up, what naturally happens? Change. Change naturally happens when new people show up. And I have learned that people are all excited about church growth until new people show up and things start changing. Then it's like, whoa, stop, stop. You, you need to do things. You need to understand the way we, we've always done them because they're comfortable to me. Now, as a church, it's a family of God's people. If we want to see growth, both spiritually amongst us, in our relationships, in our love, in our forgiveness, if we want to see our numbers grow and we want to see new faces in our pews every week, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to work and we're going to have to change. We're not going to change the message. We're not going to change the truth. Don't, don't, get, don't think about that. That's I'm not advocating something, you know, unscriptural here. I'm saying where we sit may have to change. Ministries that we've always done may have to be done different. Different people are going to be involved in different things. We may have to have some new classes when classes start back. Things have to change. We can't be guilty of showing up 
with no intention to change in our life. God expects so much more out of us than that. And I get the impression from this guy that that's what he had done. He had shown up and he hadn't done anything. Well, you may say, Matthew, how do you know he hadn't done anything? Well, let's keep reading. He says, Jesus saw him in that condition and he asked him a question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Now, raise your hand if you think that's an obvious question. What, what, if you had been in this guy's situation for 38 years and everything about your life had been a struggle and Jesus shows up and says, hey, Danny, you want to get better? What's, what's your answer? Yes. You know what this guy does? This guy starts to complain. Now, doesn't he sound like an American these days? He starts complaining about how it's everybody else's fault that he's having problems, right? He goes, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm going, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Doesn't that sound like our culture right now? There's something wrong with you. You need to change it. No, I don't need to change. You need to change. You need to do, you need to make my life easier. That's what this guy's saying. He goes, hey, listen, man, I, don't, I get the impression that he really didn't know who Jesus was. He says, I, I don't know who you are, sir, but I'm here. That's enough, right? And every time I try to do something, someone else gets in my way. Someone else goes ahead of me. So it's someone else's fault. You see, most of the time when we talk about change in our life, most of the time when we talk about change in our life, just leave that there. Um, when we pray for change, very rarely do we truly pray for change within ourselves. We want our circumstances to change. How many of you have ever prayed about a challenging relationship that you have with someone else? Just raise your hand. If you've ever had a challenging relationship that you've prayed about, raise your hand. Now, for those of you that's raised your hand, and I hope all of you raise your hand because we're all going to have challenges. We're all going to pray about them. When you've prayed about those things and those relationships, how many of you have been guilty of praying like this? God, I'm really struggling with my relationship with Brian right now. Will you please help Brian see things my way? Any of you guilty of praying that way? It would be all better in this challenging relationship if Brian would just see things my way, right? If my circumstances would change, if the things around me, if the people around me would just do the things that I want them to do or that I need, then my life is going to get so much better. David prays a different prayer. He says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. David prays for, for who? For himself. Can you control your circumstances? No. You can try. And in some moments you can. But you have no control over your circumstances. You have no control over other people. What do you have control over? Your heart. The way that you act. The way that you respond. And if we're going to really change our life, if we're going to have a spiritual breakthrough as individuals, and as a church, what we have to be first concerned about is changing ourselves from the inside out. Asking God to create in us a clean heart. Not one that carries baggage with us. Not one that 
that worries about everybody else and wants to fix everybody else. Be concerned about fixing yourself and making yourself as pure as you can. Let's keep going. He's complaining. And this is where you see that Jesus is a lot better person than, than we would be because if I offer to help and then you start complaining, naturally, what do we just want to kind of do? Not what? Help. You know, that's just kind of human nature a little bit. So anyway, Jesus looks at him in verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, read that with me. What's the next words in your Bible? Get up. Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Okay, so I did a little bit of a word study. And I didn't write it down. I should have written it down, but I was just curious. Do you know, you may not, I want to challenge you to do this. Go home, get on your Bible app, get on BibleGateway.com, something, and type in the phrase, get up. And you will be shocked at how many times Jesus uses this phrase as He's talking to other people and healing other people. He looks at this guy and he, and he doesn't touch him, okay? He doesn't touch him. He doesn't pray over him. He doesn't spit in mud and rub over him like he does in some places. He just looks at him and he says what, David? He says, get up. Get up. If you want a spiritual breakthrough in your life, if we want a spiritual breakthrough as a church, we have to quit making excuses, quit worrying about things that we can't control, have a clean, pure heart within ourselves, and then we have to what? Get up. We have to get up. Most churches, the one thing they do all too well is simply sit. Sit. Sit in a comfortable room with comfortable pews, with great air conditioning, great heaters, uncomfortable masks. We sit. It's the thing that we do the best, isn't it? As a group, sitting here is the thing that we do the best as a group. What if the thing we did best as a group was getting up, making disciples, baptizing people, evangelism, fellowship. What if that's what defined who we are? What if those were the things that we did the best? Now, again, I'm not saying this time isn't important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we need to stop it. I wish we were together more often, but I don't want us to be best at sitting together. I want us to be best at working together, at serving together, at fellowshipping with one another, at evangelizing with one another. That's what we need to be the best at. And then when we come back together, that's only going to increase the value of our worship because we're going to have so much more to praise God about. You see, if we're not working together, if all we're doing is sitting together, then we don't have near as much to praise God about. You know, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite times of worship is, is at the end of when we would go on mission trips. Those were my favorite times of worship when we'd come back that following Sunday, we'd have been, we'd be away together for a whole week, our youth group would, and we'd come back, we'd be back, usually on Sunday afternoons, we'd have a whole week away from each other, and then when we came back together that next Sunday, we were so excited because we're still geared up from that mission trip and we had missed each other, but we were, our worship was elevated 
because we had done more than just sitting with each other. We had been working with each other. Jesus says at the end of this passage, He says, my father is always at work to this very day. And he says, I too am working. Maybe we need to ask ourselves, are we really working as well? Because like I said, right now, man, right now it's easy to be content. It's easy to be complacent because so many things about our lives have slowed down. When we face challenges, it's easy to back off and say, I'm just going to go back to where it's comfortable. But I want the Ninth Avenue Church to be known as a get-up church. A get-up church. And I hope you feel that way. I hope that you will accept the challenge of this passage of not just sitting any longer, not being content just being somewhere, but, but take the challenge from Christ to experience a spiritual breakthrough by getting up and working in the kingdom of God. Let's go to God in prayer as we close our thoughts. God, thank you so much for this moment in the life of Jesus. A time that, God, it's just a time of challenge right now. And I know it's hard and I know it's difficult, God. But one thing that we've seen through history is that, that in the hardest and most difficult times, it seems like your church finds a way to grow. That just seems to be the history. And God, I pray that in this challenging time, we don't, we don't shy away from challenges. That we're not afraid of work. That even though right now that work might look different, those overcoming those challenges, we may have to be creative. But God, give us not a spirit of fear. Give us a willingness to get up and to walk out of this building today not satisfied with just sitting here, but using this moment as a motivation to spread your word, to be more evangelistic, to be more in tune into our fellowship with one another, to be more encouraging to each other, to be more forgiving to each other so that when we do come back, we're more motivated to worship you. Help us to accept your challenge of getting up this morning. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. If there's anything you need this morning, come as we stand and as we sing. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 930 and Wednesday evenings at 630. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again, and until then, remember, we are a church of Christ caring for its community.